Welcome you to What's New. We return today to Romans chapter 4, moving on to verses 20 through 25, which will bring us to the end of this chapter. Here, in the remaining verses of this chapter, Paul will show us that Abraham's faith was based on the resurrection, life from the dead. This is what God accepted from Abraham in lieu of his own righteousness, which, of course, he did not have. Here is what Paul writes. But Abraham never doubted. He believed God, for his faith and his trust grew ever stronger, and he praised God for this blessing, even before it happened. He was completely sure that God was well able to do anything that he promised. And because of Abraham's faith, God forgave his sin and declared him not guilty. Now, this wonderful statement that he was accepted and approved through his faith wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was for us too, assuring us that God will accept us in the same way that he accepted Abraham when we believe the promise of God who brought back Jesus our Lord from the dead. He died for our sins and rose again to make us right with God, filling us with God's goodness. declared Abraham righteous for his faith in the promise of God to raise up a son out of the tomb of death, that is, the womb of Sarah. God promises eternal life to those who believe that he raised up his son from the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, the place of death. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. Abraham lived 2,000 years before Jesus. Yet Paul uses his faith as an example for his readers and for us. Evidently, the character of faith hasn't changed. Abram was dead. His body could not produce life at a hundred years of age. It was impossible from a human standpoint for him to father a son. But God had promised him a son. Here is how Paul writes it. Yet Abraham did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, 
being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. That is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification, so far the scriptures. Although his body was sexually dead, Abram believed he would father a child and produce life. That faith was credited to him for righteousness. Abram had a big God. He had a God who could do what was humanly impossible. He could resurrect a dead body. Abram believed God could bring life out of death, that God could bring death to life. He had a great God, a God who could create life. That kind of faith God recognized. Now Paul moves to the New Testament. What God did to Abraham parallels the resurrection of Jesus. God raised our Lord Jesus from the dead. Death couldn't hold him. God brought death to life. Sin's greatest victory, death, was turned to its greatest defeat. As God raised Abram to produce life, so God raised Jesus to produce life in everyone who wants it. That's the other parallel. God can and does raise from the dead everyone who believes as faith in Christ. We too were dead in trespasses and sins. There was no hope. There is nothing that could be done for any human to get out of the predicament of sin. I take it that every human is totally depraved meaning that there is nothing a human can do to settle the score with God. Humans are as dead as Abraham was and as dead as Jesus was after the crucifixion. But God raised Abraham. God raised Jesus. And it has to be only God who can raise every person in sin. God is the Lord of life. Death is no problem for him. Abram's, Christ's, or ours. He is the Lord of life. Perhaps God waited with Abram until he was as good as dead so that he would have to totally trust him. When Abram realized that he was dead, totally unable to reproduce life, then God moved and gave him life. It is when we realize we are really dead in trespasses and sins that God can begin to move in us and bring us to the Savior the giver of life. Verse 25 of chapter 4. Jesus died. He was delivered over to death for our sins. The language of Paul here sounds like that of Isaiah the prophet in chapter 53. Perhaps Paul purposely wanted his readers to think of those words of that great prophet. Isaiah foretold the sufferings and death of the coming Messiah for the sins of the people. Anyone reading that great chapter could conclude that a person was coming whose suffering and death would save many. Sadly, those words from Isaiah have often been misread and misunderstood, and the suffering and dying Messiah missed. So Paul here reminds his readers that what happened to Jesus Christ was foretold many centuries earlier 
by that great 8th century prophet Isaiah. Paul reminds his readers that both Christ's death and resurrection are important for man's salvation. Christ died for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. The intent behind these words is clearly substitution. Christ died in our place. He did not just die for our benefit. He died in our place. He took our hell that we might have his heaven. He bore every sin that anyone would ever commit. He died for you and me, that is, in our place. But that isn't all. He was raised. God gave him life, eternity-type life. When we exercise faith in Christ, when we believe in him, and the capacity to do that is a gift from God too, then we receive Christ's righteousness and Christ's life. We then are justified before God. Christ's resurrection accomplishes that. So his death and his resurrection affect our redemption and justification. I marvel at God's wonderful plan to bring salvation to the world. It's so profound that perhaps no one can fully grasp it this side of eternity, and yet it is so simple that no one needs miss it. Jesus is all the world to me, my life, my joy, my
What's New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.